Welcome to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the Mission Impossible franchise, one minute at a time. I'm Jonathan. I'm Chris. I'm Liz. I'm Peter. Welcome back, guys. Liz and Peter. It's day two, minute 47 of this movie. Uh, We're glad you could be here with us. Yeah, thanks. Fun. I mean, been sleeping overnight, just thinking about the minutes, waiting the next day. Waiting to talk about some horses. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I've you know, been making horses. a hat. <laughs> oh, you're making a hat? <laughs> I've been making a hat just for this. At the end of the week, will you have a completed hat? Like I mean, a full hat, big hat? Awesome. Probably. All right. It's minute 47, and minute 47 begins with Naya's horse coming in and ends with a pretty obvious secret note in a program. <laughs> Not a very secret note, but we'll get to it. Uh, this minute is where we learn that Naya has bet on the race and Ambrose is standing behind her. Not unlike he was standing behind Stamp in the last scene, but uh, she seems much happier. Well, I don't know. Stamp seemed pretty happy now that I think about it. He's just such a creepy lurker. <laughs> he is. He's peeking over the... He's there right now, lurking on him. Just scratching that finger like a weirdo. That finger, that big gauze. <laughs> and she she wins the race. She wins the race, and Ambrose is is uh, amazed that she won. And she's she's like, he's like, how'd you pick that nag? And she's like, thief in the night. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to a horse race? Yes. Yeah. Not with fancy hats, but I've been to a horse race. <laughs> yeah, I've been to much dumpier horse races. Than <laughs> I don't mean like an OTB uh, off-track betting place. I mean like an actual, like an... No, there's like a racetrack here in Houston. But yeah. it used to be a racetrack. Now they don't do it anymore. Oh. Yeah, I actually used to live, there was a racetrack across the street from my apartment. And so I'd get up for work and the jockeys would be like practicing and stuff. It was actually quite nice and lovely. Did you walk around them like you were a giant? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am quite a large man too. So was, I'm sure they were very intimidated. You're fine. Are you telling me I'm fine or are you talking to your dog, Liz? <laughs> you choose. <laughs> I thought it was sympathy for being a large man. <laughs> You're just You're fine. fine. You're fine just the way you are. You're fine. Don't nobody You're normal height. It's okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. If I remember correctly, uh, in previous weeks, I have talked about that. I oh no, on your show, Liz, I talked about that. I'm a I'm a Wisconsin Dells nine. So you know, hey, <laughs> I have been to a horse race. I went to the one in a Rio Doso in uh, New Mexico, and I remember I was a kid, so I didn't get to bet, but my dad would bet for me. That's pretty. It's pretty awesome. I kind of, I, I like, I like that kind of game of chance. I also like Vegas, like playing craps and stuff. This is about as good as playing craps. You're pretty much going to lose, no matter what you bet on. So, uh, just wondering if anybody had actually been. Liz, did you say you had or hadn't? I'm over here trying to rack my brain, uh, and decide if I have ever been, and I don't. You'd think know I have. if there were giant horses there. <laughs> I mean, my memory is a strange, strange place. But I'm thinking, no, I have not been to a horse race. Okay. Would you like to go just for the hats? Yes. Okay. Are horse races something we should be conflicted about? I haven't looked yes. too much into it. Okay. Yes, I think we should. Because uh, I know, like, uh, what's the, like, cattle, like, I don't know, like, what are my rodeos? That That's not good. That, But I didn't know anything about horse races. It's all bad. Anytime we pit animals against each other with us on them or near them, it's not good. Uh, so horse fighting's bad too. <laughs> oh my god, horse fighting is so bad. Oh god. Okay, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> talk to my guidance counselor about Peter's a career change. Take a break. <laughs> well, see, I, I was trying to get rid of cats, so I thought, you know, 
Thunderdome style with little knives on their hands, their paws. <laughs> they just stick them in there, and the ones that that survive can stay. The other ones. They're done with, you know. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's natural selection to give them knives. Exactly. <laughs> Find it out. Put one on the tail so that way, you know, it's unfair to the one that doesn't have a tail. But you know, it, it's okay. Naya is really playing it up in this scene, and I love it. <laughs> she in this universe, like in universe, she's a great actress too. Yeah. Mm, she yeah. is genuinely. See, she. I mean, if I didn't know, if you, if you just watched this scene, you would not know that she is being held both sexually and physically against her will by Ambrose. Mm, yeah. And now, one thing I really like really actually is I just noticed like when Sean Bean's looking at them creepily, <laughs> she <laughs> still like keeps it together. You know, like she's had other couple of times in the mo- in the movie where she breaks and kind of shows her disgust on her face. But I think she's cool and collected enough to know we're in public. You don't know who's watching. This guy's shady. I got to really keep it together. And also, so, she's in public, and and pretty. It's pretty good odds she's not going to have sex right now. Yeah, she's well, not being forced well, to have sex. Well, they do a lot of other questionable things in public in this in the next <laughs> couple minutes. So I don't know if that's crossing. Their What's mind. interesting to me though is that that she's a better IMF agent than some of the agents that are in other movies. Seriously, it's like she's she's crazy good at this, and and, and every. I mean, you know, she's better than Billy. Let's all say it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll yeah. see him in a second, but. Yeah, she's better than Bill. And, and, and I mean, she she keeps her cool a lot more than 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 Simon Pegg's character does. Which is, <laughs> well, he's an analyst. Yeah, no, well, he's an agent fair. by the time he gets out there. You know? Sure, but he's still an analyst. He's still. I, I think the point is, it's she's a cat burglar by trade. Yeah. So I would think a cat burglar who's like, oh, and Peggy's used to just being behind a computer. I can't wait for Sean Penn or Simon <laughs> Pegg. Sean, Sean, Sean Penn. Okay. <laughs> I just submarine my joke in the worst way possible. (laughs) Never mind. Moving on. (laughs) It's okay. You just cut off the tip. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I was just going to make it. I was just going to say I can't wait for Simon Pegg to show up in this movie. (laughs) You can't wait for what? Simon Pegg to show up in this movie. Yeah. You know, it's funny because he's not in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I get the joke. (laughs) Okay. Good. Just want to make sure. You can't wait for Sean... Sean Pegg. <laughs> Sean Pegg. Sean Ben Pegg. I was, uh, the first thing I thought of also when I saw the racehorses, I think of this every time I see racehorses. I can't remember if I told this on this podcast or another podcast. I have a painting that I love. It's by uh, Degas, and it is Jockeys Before the Start. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you ever want to look it up, you can look it up now. It's fine. But it, it actually made people mad when they when it it was made because it's got a giant pole in the middle of the the picture's off center and the horse's face is halfway behind a pole a pole that he's drawn that he's painted. If you go look it up, it's oh yeah, I'm looking it up right I now. I love it because I'm like, what an awesome artist! He just decided, <laughs> nope, this isn't going to be centered. None of the action centered. There's weird stuff happening in the background with horses walking away and there's one jockey on a horse and the horse is behind a pole as if he took a picture. And just didn't have a good vantage point. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> it's like, a painting. Paul, deal with it. Yeah, basically. And people were like, oh, how dare you? I say. <laughs> or whatever voice they had back then. I think you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Degas from Britain, right? <laughs> yes, I think that's correct. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, not going to check that out. Let's keep moving on. Okay. Ambrose is also having a good time. Like, a, I mean, it, maybe it's because he's behind her. I don't know what's going on. But... He, uh, those sunglasses scream 
2000, don't they? Seriously, they, the sunglass game is on point in this, this whole movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that and the power mullet mm. that they all have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got a power mullet. Uh, Ethan's got a power mullet. Oh, Ethan's hair. <laughs> it, it's that '90s skater hair, you know. It's it's like Sean Bean has a clean cut. He's yeah. pretty clean cut. <laughs> Sean Pegg. Sean Pegg. <laughs> Simon Bean. <laughs> Yeah, Simon Bean. <laughs> Simon Bean is the best name ever. Simon Bean. Simon Bean. <laughs> Speaking of Simon Bean, I'm look. I'm watching the minute right now, and I just noticed he scratches his finger, but it's not where the cut was, which just seems like an odd move. I think he's just milking it. He's like, yeah. just like, I'm hurt. Look at my big bandage. The mean boss guy hurt me. There was an attractive person walking by, and he was just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed or not. I am injured. I have sustained an injury and I am still here and I am standing up straight and I look clean and cool. But did you see? I have an injury. I think he's got a little sign on that says, ask me about my finger. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll give it this. Uh, uh, Simon Bean's sunglasses are actually, they're a little closer to what people still wear now. Like they're kind of like, they're kind of aviators. <laughs> They've got a little, the tent's a little off. The tent game is a little weird, but I, I'm not hip. So they seem nice. <laughs> like the other ones all scream. Ah, I'm from 2000. I'm in a terrible Huba stank video. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a name of a, tw- a 2000 band. I don't even know when Huba stank was a good band. No, or no, ever, ever. It's like the, you know, the Nickelback thing. I feel like this has come up on another podcast that I've been <laughs> I'm sure it has. So I don't know why Hoobastank keeps coming up, but I went to high school with a girl who was cousins with the guitarist from Hoobastank. And so you'd go over to her house and she had just had all these pictures of Hoobastank all over her house. Oh, <laughs> this is why we so had tiny. you on. You. This is why we had you on. For this <laughs> one fact. Yeah, well, that's what I... Anyone needs some Hoobastank knowledge. That's my one thing. I'm welcome to go on any podcast. What What instrument do you play? Um, I play bass and drums professionally. What do you play in your band? I play bass. Guys, he's in a band called the Sore Thumbs. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we, we are called Sore Thumb, and the reason I harp on that is because I recently <laughs> found out last week there's another San Francisco band called the Sore Thumbs. Oh, it's a no. hardcore punk band. and someone That's what wanted... I'm talking about. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You should listen to them. Yeah, someone reached out and they're like, we're going on a big tour. We want to do this huge blowout show. We're going to play with all these people. And I was like, whoa, no one's been that interested in us before. Turns out they wanted the sore thumbs. They don't give a crap about us. <laughs> yeah, they're tight. They're awesome. I love yeah. them. They're lit. That's oh, such a, that's such a 90s thing. <laughs> I'm just looking. Uh, the Hoobastank band was formed in 1994, but was famous from around 2001 to 2012. Okay, that's pushing it a little. You mean 2001 to 2030. Because cause they have a history, and 1.1 1. 1 is early career, 1994 to 2000, <laughs> 1.2, 1. 2, Hoobastank, 2001 to 2002. So they were only Hoobastank for a year. Why are these jokes? What? Why have they persisted as a band? Why? What on earth? I feel like they just came out with a new album. It must be the album, right? No, Maybe. it's not. Welcome to Hooba Minute. Where we discuss the discography <laughs> no. of Hooba Stink, one song at a time. No, it's it's the album title. The it was the album title was Hooba Stank, but for some reason it has dates like it died. It's like two thousand one <laughs> and two thousand two. You can't Hoobastank. get it anymore. They stopped making it. R. I. P. You can't get it. 
It's like when Disney used to put movies in the vault. Yes, like, this album Disney is vault. too good to be out for right now. We got to let it cool down a little bit. Yeah, they uh, they have a their first single was "Crawling in the Dark." Yeah, I guess that's that their their right. hit. Ooh, the band made the song title "Losing My Grip" for the soundtrack for the Scorpion King. There, we're back to WWE wrestling. No. <laughs> we finally found the we found the reason that 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 had like a, like a rock song at the end. That's awful. Oh, I don't I, even remember that. I caught that. I remember, I remember the the mummy, the the second mummy having one, but I don't remember the Scorpion King. <laughs> I remembered. I watched it uh, probably about three years ago. Why? I remember it was on. I was just like, I was like, hey, the Scorpion King's on. I went, oh, this is this is not good. And also, he can't act. It's so funny how good he's gotten. I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's like the Rock is so good. Okay, so we go bad back, back then. Fast and Furious. We always go back to the Rock and how good he is, and we love it. Oh yeah, Jonathan but, can't wait for the Hobbs and Shaw movie. <laughs> it's gonna be so good guys i mean they're making another ghostbusters movie and i'm more excited about a spin-off of the fast and furious franchise <laughs> what on earth has happened to the universe i don't know that ghostbusters movie is the hooba stank of remakes <laughs> I, I just do not care about it well i cannot muster enough to care so it's a classic it. it's a classic okay perfect well it's the hooba stank um <laughs> it's sometimes confused with hooba stank if that's the Hoobas tank, then what's the Nickelback? I, I, you know what? I can't tell you the difference. I don't know the difference between these bands when we say them. Neither do I. I'm uh, not hip. I, I definitely do. My my drummer non-ironically likes Nickelback. It's very concerning. <laughs> oh, oh! I live in a part of Houston where it's like on all the time. Every Walmart, grocery store, convenience store I walk into, there's some Nickelback song playing. Even if it's not on when I get in there, by the time I leave, there's one playing. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I don't even listen to the radio in this town. That's probably not a good advertisement for my band. We don't sound like Hoobastank or no. Nickelback, I promise. <laughs> or, the, or the sore thumbs. Yeah, they or are, the sore thumbs. They are sore thumb. They are sore <laughs> thumb. Sore thumb dot what? What's your, uh, what? Oh, we have a website, sorethumbband.com, and we're about to release our second album, and I'm very, See? very excited about it. I'm excited, too. Yeah, thanks for the spot to shout that out i'm i'm very proud of it i had a i had the drummer of sore thumb on here well are you the drummer there um, for the band <laughs> I'm, the, I, I'm the bass player i don't like nickelback or drummers you just said you played the drums Come on. no he didn't <laughs> i play the, both i play the drums like for fun in, in other bands this is my well, main I don't mean game. what you pretend to play like i can play the triangle but i don't <laughs> tell people that i'm a triangle player you're you're a bass player yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a pro- I am professionally a bass player. That's Hard awesome. quotes on that professionally. Okay. That's better. Hey, none of us are professional musicians. Yeah. Liz? For damn sure. I used to play the saxophone in, in SMU marching band for like two years. Oh my God. Nice. I've always wanted to pick up a horn. It's one of my one of my dreams in life is to learn to play a horn, but I think my I played the trombone in freshman year of high school. Nice. Then, then stopped. I played the clarinet. In grade school, middle school, something like that. And in our one performance, I dropped my clarinet right before we went on and <laughs> chipped the mouthpiece. Oh, <laughs> oh no, the one thing you need. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Did I you try to, to still play it? I went to a really small school and there were only two clarinets. And I was the only one that knew the songs. I had to try and still play. Yeah, and uh, at the end of the, you've got mail. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, why did it take over my entire screen? Because 
so only that, I couldn't figure out how to like drop it in the chat. So I just <laughs> I just shared it. I think we've been hacked. JPEG. Oh. <laughs> I really want to end this meeting. I want to end it so badly, and I can't. Oh my, can't. But, but but who? Which is the one gagging for it? Is it Shrek or is it Donkey? <laughs> it's donkey. I think that's the the matter. It's Donkey because Donkey's Ambrose and Shrek yeah. is Stamp. Oh, I hate that. Thank you. <laughs> it's ready to go. We can't forget. We all guys. We almost forgot the most important character of the movie so far. Billy shows up at the end. Oh, Who? Yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Who? Can't, can't forget Billy. <laughs> Billy shows up and uh, says something about vanity. What does he say? Uh, oh, hang on. Unyielding vanity? It's in my notes. Yeah, he said something about uh, like a horse is coming in or something. Naturally vain. Naturally vain. So mm. did Ethan pick that horse as a burn on Ambrose or? <laughs> I don't know. I think Billy's working off the... I don't know what. <laughs> See, Billy's this is doing. the subtext I've been look. I was looking for in the last minute. That I'm gonna. I'm gonna say yes. This was John Woo's nod to how he's actually feeling about his competition, his male competition in the wild. How Ambrose is so naturally vain. He obviously mm-hmm. he thinks he can get more information out of her, yeah. and you know, and he yep, and he has taken the horse for a ride. So, and, and it's <laughs> such a such a John Woo thing to have the the masculine egos uh, playing with each other that way. It's it's every, yeah. all his all his Asian films do it, and all his American films do it. I mean, it's just yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I have this note for enough for the next minute, but I mean, I do not get like this whole like, but I love you. It's like that weird conflict of like, I love this woman, but now she's with another man. It's like, she just met this person. Like, like, yeah, like, like I said, two days ago, this is actually, this is actually a good segue into the preparation of the cruise man. But I, if I'm remembering correctly, because I'm not as up on the mission impossible movies as maybe I should be to appear on this podcast. No, wasn't okay. he like kind of a nerdy, quiet like analyst kind of guy almost in the first movie and then now he's like like vin diesel on like crack <laughs> are you talking about ethan yeah maybe am i just misremembering i feel like he was like a quiet glasses wearing he wore glasses dude. in the first movie but he was like i maybe i'm misremembering like i said but i just feel like he was like the character of him like jumping off cliffs and like doing with his cool wild hair like and like he sweet chalking her is weird. He ran a lot, and me. he hung from a lot of weird places in the in the first one. All right, maybe I'm just misremembering. <laughs> Strike okay. that from the record. I, I, <laughs> let, let's put it this way: maybe because of the events of the first film and all that adrenaline rush and the hanging from places that he had to, and the trains, he became an adrenaline junkie by the time this movie came out. Yeah, well, I guess I was that just and this. He would decided to take up rock climbing, yeah. free free climbing. Excuse me. I guess I remember him being like a Jack Ryan in the first movie, and now all of a sudden he's James Bond. And that was he was a me. little more Jack Ryan in the first movie, but he it's it, it's more. the way that that you know all of a sudden when Harrison Ford became Jack Ryan, he was like more like Indiana Jones than he was an analyst. Yeah, fair. Yeah, he did. He at the beginning of the movie, he's like in a cost. He's in a tux, and he's like looking for files. I mean, when was the last time Ethan looked for a file in a, in one of the most recent <laughs> movies? He doesn't. At no, any that, point, that's that's Peggy or or Ving Rhames' yeah. job now. Yeah, now no, He's got don't even have that. You don't even have him touch a computer. Just have him run around craziness. It's all it's all craziness. Is that that's part all of his? Is that part of Scientology? Can he not use a computer? No. 
I don't know the rules. And, and he can't stop moving <laughs> because if his heart rate comes under a certain place, he blows up. Oh, wait, that, wrong movie. That's, that's the Crank <laughs> movie, right? So what you're telling me is Ethan Hunt has always been a radical dude. <laughs> he is radical. Cool. Radical. <laughs> He's a cool dude. <laughs> He's a cool dude. Just like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> exactly. He's a cool dude. Um, the only other note I had real quick is because, speaking of my lack of knowledge on these movies, is I saw this movie in the theater. I didn't realize that. I thought I'd never watched it until I tried to I rewatched it yesterday. I saw it in the theater, and it was completely <laughs> erased from my memory. <laughs> I mean, that I, was close to what I saw. it. I only saw it in the movie theater and then probably saw it again 15 years later and then one time and then for this podcast i've now watched a bunch mm. but it was just it's my least it was my least favorite i'm i'm it's probably still gonna be but i mean i'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt there's some parts we're still we're almost an hour into this movie and there's barely been any action mm-hmm. uh at this point in the other movie first movie there was a lot more action up front but I, I will give it to this. The last half of this movie is extremely action-packed. So mm. it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I try to be really positive in everything. That's you know that's one of the things in Star Wars. There's a lot of negativity on the internet and a lot of uh, hmm. I wonder with why our, with our media. <laughs> and so we try to be positive about everything. And I'm try I, so I'm trying to be positive about this one too. But the reason I remembered I saw this was because I remembered Thandi Newton, and she's the only thing that stuck out in the movie. <laughs> She is really good in this movie, though. I'll give that. I'll say that. She is good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about some other things that are good in this movie. Uh, at the end, at the end of the scene, we see our first uh, tech of this week, real tech, which is an earpiece. Yeah, a mm. uh, clear jelly bean with a brain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and as everyone everyone knows, that is a uh, two way radio fob that they use in every movie ever made about spies. Yeah, especially in the most recent James Bond movies. I, say, I, I like I like this super slick and cool handoff too. Like you know, there's always like people in captains' hats walking up and handing <laughs> programs to random spectators, <laughs> giving them betting advice. Do you think Luther took the time to type that out on a typewriter? <laughs> Put that in your ear. It's courier I mean, they new. Just... He got into his word processor. <laughs> also, now she has to like throw away that fortune cookie note. That weird right. big fortune. Could, why not just have the thing in there? It's and not say like, like like she's not going to know what to do with it. She she's <laughs> she going to eat it. How amazing <laughs> would that be? Oh my god! What did she just do? She ate it. I mean, <laughs> Ethan, I don't even know what to do. I like my note is put this in your ear. God, the IMF is so weird. Yeah. Like that's. I was just like, why do you have to? It, it would have so been. It would have been bad if there was a typo. <laughs> Oh, no. There's just like you can see little whiteout on there. <laughs> Stupid R's. <laughs> it says put this on your ear. And you're like, what? <laughs> oh, that you were saying there was a typo telling you to put it somewhere else. That's what uh, I said. That's what I said. <laughs> okay. Put this yeah. in your rear. What? <laughs> yeah. Ethan. Oh, it's a suppository. I could talk to Ethan that way. Yeah. Ethan, I like to- can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Vibrate once if yes. I haven't even thought about note disposal, but I like. She's got to eat the note. She's got to eat the note and put the ear thing in. So no, no, no. Out. The note's going to self-destruct in five seconds. 
It's made of flash paper that, exactly. that magicians use. I hope she just drops it on the ground and none of the bad guys find it. Just like someone cleaning up after finds it is like, put this in your ear. What the hell is like going on And they up the paper and put the paper in their ear. <laughs> yeah. I don't or maybe that's, a, maybe that's a horse's name. What's and they're like, oh, have to bet on. Yeah. All right. This is a good place to do tech. Let's do tech. Going to tech of the app. Here we go. We're deep in the tech of the episode. Let's ride. Let's ride our way on our mighty steeds to the tech of the episode. Uh, Liz, what do you got? The ear jelly bean. Ear jelly bean with a brain inside of it. <laughs> yep. Who wouldn't pick that? That's great. Have you guys ever worn a uh, two-way headset? I've never worn an earpiece like that. I've never mm-hmm. had it. I mean, I've done two-way headpieces, but there's nothing that small. It's like a regular yeah. headphone with a microphone on it. <laughs> you know. Uh, the closest I've gotten to being that small was like, the earpiece just clipped over your ear and the microphone mm-hmm. was somewhere else. I don't remember where. Oh, is it like a cool like mid 2000s Bluetooth? No, it was a uh, I worked in retail and I had an actual walkie talkie on my person uh, somewhere and then a headpiece that went with it. Do you work at Structure or Limited? <laughs> uh, I actually I worked at Structure after it was Express. <laughs> they always had headphones. That's all I remember. Yeah. I did. I, I, I had that at the theater when I worked at the theater. I had the little headpiece with the mic, with the walkie. Yeah. So I could walk into movies and nobody would hear me, or uh, nobody would hear somebody talking to me. So yeah. Try try finding a place to put a walkie when you're wearing a dress to work. I did. It was hard. It's I had to difficult. wear a garter. It was crazy. <laughs> with your figure, Chris. I yeah. know. I was like, I can't keep wearing this dress. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what about you? Um, I. I have worn in-ear monitors, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like when you're playing on a stage, you can't hear yourself very well. So usually there's big speakers blaring Mm -hmm. at you. But there are a couple places I've been to that were fancy that had basically looked exactly like this jelly bean. So I could hear everything in my head and didn't have to have these big ass monitors. And what it does is it, it, does it also dull out the other sounds around you? So you can just kind of hear you. I mean, you're hearing yeah. the rest of the band, but you can hear your part a little better. Yeah. You can do a mix. So you tell the sound guy like, Oh, I need more, I need more guitar in my, in my ear. And they're like, they'll do a knob or something to do that. So that's cool. I can't talk back in it though. So it's like half right. of the jelly bean in an ear. <laughs> okay. It's the jelly bean <laughs> minus the brain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so perfect. More. Yeah. That's cool. Yep, I'm going with earpiece. Earpiece is the tech of the app. Chris, what about you? I'm going with the conversation about Hoobastank and Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying for my tech of the app, um, I'm going with horse mask. Wait, I thought... Uh, oh, you weren't going with the head... I'm sorry. I, I oh, you. I, I thought no, you were going with... Uh, I, was, I didn't earpiece. know if, when you said, how about you? I thought you were still asking if we've worn anything like that before. Uh, that's also what I thought he was asking. <laughs> so you're right. Okay, I was confused. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. That's how it works. Sorry. So yeah, <laughs> official, official pick, horse mask. Horse mask. Yeah, Wait. I found them very striking for some reason. <laughs> I didn't know they wore masks. They're yeah. They're the, they kind of channel their eyesight forward because yeah. horses can turn their eyes sideways. I guess. Well, they're on the sides of their heads. Yeah, yeah. but they face yeah. forward. They're like Admiral Akbar. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen. It's a trap. I've, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why they have to wear language. the mask so they don't know it's a trap exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen like blinders that look like playing cards kind of like glued to the side of their head but these horses are straight <laughs> up wearing masks like they're batman those are peaky blinders <laughs> <laughs> don't know if that's have you ever seen a horse in really big red shoes no 
Uh, I've never seen that show, so I don't get the reference. Or is, am I thinking of Kinky Boots? I think you're thinking Kinky Boots. I think you're thinking of Rocky Horror Picture Show. That, no. Those, those horses are going to, to, to <laughs> one of those Fidelio parties with Tom Cruise later. All right, good. Well, we've done it. Tech of the app. And we've done this episode, so we're done. Woo-hoo. See us everywhere on MinuteImpossible.com. Download our episodes from iTunes and rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about us and tell your friends about our guests because they're awesome for coming on and being on with us all week. And until tomorrow, I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. I've been Liz. And I have been Peter. This minute will self-destruct in five seconds. See you next time on the show. Oh,